Our scripture today comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. This is the word of our Lord. Amen. You can have a seat. Um, There is a phrase that you have most likely heard before, um, used before, or had it used on you. Thank you. And that phrase uh, was likely used by your parents, um, or as a parent, you've used this on your kids. But that phrase is this, I brought you into this world and I can... So you've used it or it's been used on you before, um, probably multiple, multiple times. I want to say that that phrase is only 75% true, okay? It's, uh, it's true that your mother brought you into this world. Um, we don't want your parents to take you out of this world, um, but where there is some truth in that is there's this level of authority that your parents have that only parents have right? Um, Parents have this level of authority that is given to them from God that cannot be denied. Parents um, are given a place in their kid's life that only they have. No one else has that. This morning, we're going to be talking about one of the closest relationships that exist, and it's usually the close relationships in our lives that are the most difficult at times that can be the toughest, that can be the most contentious. Family dynamics are just that. They are dynamic. They change and they fluctuate, and depending on how you were raised, it then affects how you raise your kids and parent them. And, and then on top of that, kids are by nature selfish, self-centered. You don't have to teach a, a toddler to say mine or to say no. It just happens. But Ephesians was written, the first half of Ephesians talking all about the gospel, and then the second half of Ephesians is all about how the gospel works its way out in your life, whether that's through your relationship with your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, and about how you can then be transformed by it. Today, I'm going to laser in on two specific sets of people. If you're in the room this morning and you are a kid, age zero to whatever, then this message is going to hit home for you, and by lasering in on them, we'll naturally get to parents and your biblical role. If you're in this room and you're a grandparent, this will affect you, and and if you're in this room looking to hopefully one day have kids, I would say that you need to pay attention because it's from God's Word that we find some principles for raising your family, and then kids in the room, we find some principles on how to have to live under the authority of your parents. Paul wrote Ephesians expecting this word to be read aloud in the congregation. This wasn't just written to one person. This was written to be read aloud in front of people who were husbands and wives and and moms and dads and grandparents and singles and also kids. The fact that Paul would address kids specifically means that he was elevating their value. He was elevating their value in a, in a culture that devalued kids greatly. If you were here last week, you heard Alan Michael talk about how unwanted children were seen as a nuisance in the Ephesian culture. They were left on top of 
trash heaps. They were thrown out. They were sold into slavery. They were sacrificed, and they were thrown away just like any other piece of garbage. And it's because many in the Greco-Roman society didn't want to have children because it inhibited sexual promiscuity and made divorce complicated. So therefore, kids were unwanted. So Paul, in addressing kids and addressing parents, wants them to know something. So what is it he wants them to know? The first thing is this. Children, obey your parents because it's right. Children, obey your parents because it's simply right. Why is it right? It's in the phrase, in the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Paul's argument is that children obeying parents is actually obedience to God. He writes in Colossians 3, children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. Yes, obedience to parents is actually obedience to Jesus. We like to think that discipleship is is your devotional time with God, is listening to Christian music to make sure you don't smoke or chew or hang out with those who do. We, We like to think that's Christian discipleship. But if you're a kid in this room, and I say kid, elementary age, middle school, high school, you're still living with your parents even though you're out of high school, this says that Christian discipleship is actually obedience to your parents. You you can't walk with Jesus closely and forsake obeying your parents, period. If you think that you can, you're going against something that Paul is making very, very, God himself is making very clear. Here's, Here's how I want to prove that to you. Romans 1, 28 through 32, Paul is writing to the Romans and listen to this list of sins that he lays out. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to, to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, they give approval to those who practice them. Paul actually lists disobedience to parents in the same list that he mentions murder, haters of God, inventors of evil, gossips. This is how seriously God takes your family and how seriously he takes your relationship kids with your parents. You want to know a simple way to follow God's word, just black and white, no gray area, simple way. Obey your mom and dad because it's right in the Lord. Obey. Obey your mom and dad because it's right. Disobedience to parents is rebellion, not against them, but rebellion against God in the same way that murder, gossip, and slander is also rebellion. Kids, when you huff or puff and and, and talk back, you're not dishonoring your parents, you're dishonoring God. Parents, if you allow your kids to do that, you're teaching them that they can dishonor you, which then in turn dishonors God. So it's just an action. It's, a, it's an attitude. I know that obedience to any authority is deemed countercultural today because it means you aren't allowed to be yourself or you aren't allowed to be who you want to be, but God's word supersedes cultural preferences and norms. 
And when you're obeying your parents and following God and doing so, you're not only drawing near to Jesus, you're purging yourself of self-centeredness that we're so full of. And I know what you're thinking. If you're a kid, especially middle school or high school, because I know y'all, here's what you're thinking. But aren't there times when I don't obey my parents? We'll get to that in a few minutes. The answer could be yes at times, but it's just pretty clear that the only time you wouldn't obey your parents is if they are telling you to do something that goes against God, his character, or his word. Your loyalty to Christ comes first. But as I look around this room, in most cases, at least in our context, your parents aren't forbidding you to worship Jesus. Your parents aren't forbidding you to read God's word. Your parents aren't forbidding you to be baptized. Your parents aren't forbidding you to follow God. So if they're not, the answer is obey. But notice what this doesn't say. Parents, obey your children, for this will keep them happy and bring peace to your home. Parents, I'm going to say something. It's not your job to make your kids happy. Now, you shouldn't live to make your kid's life unhappy. That's, that's just as sinful if you're doing that. But it's not your job to make your kids happy. Honestly, I don't care if they're always happy in the way the world views happiness. They get what they want and they get everything they want. They, they're always told yes. They're never told no. That's, that's not good. There's a godless myth that exists out there that says it's your job to make your kids happy in the way that they view happiness. That is false. That is entirely false. And godliness comes through instruction and discipline. I'm going to be honest with you. If I wanted to be happy all the time, I would eat, I mean this, fried chicken every day for lunch and dinner. And I would follow it with apple pie, with cake, and my favorite snickerdoodle cookies that Jan Allison makes with white chocolate chips in them. I hope you make some for me, Jan. Um, that's what I would follow it with. Here's the issue with that. If I did that all the time, you know what? I would be happy but I may not be able to make it up on this stage. I would be happy, but I would not be healthy. If you want your kids, parents, to be spiritually healthy, it's not your job to make them happy. It's your job to make them obey. That's your job as a parent. Also, parents, don't let social media or some blog and some person who posts something on social media be the voice of wisdom. Let the Bible be the voice of wisdom to make your kids obey, not to make your kids happy. Parents, if you want your kids to respect others, they need to respect you. If uh, obedience that recognizes parental authority will carry over to recognize God's authority. If they recognize your authority, they will, at some point, recognize God's. Kids, if you can't take instruction from your parents, you will struggle to take instruction from God. Now, you need to understand your parents aren't perfect, and we'll get to that in a little bit. They're not always going to parent you 100% perfectly because they're sinners too. But if you can't, by attitude, take instruction from your parents, you can't take instruction from God. Parents, the other thing, if you give your kids some instruction, you need to stick to it. Don't back off because it makes them unhappy. You've been given your kids, and kids, you've been given one set of parents. He created you knowing those were the parents you needed. Likewise, dads and moms, you have the God-given authority, responsibility, and opportunity 
that no one else has to raise your kids, you need to seize that moment. Nobody else can raise your kids for you. And of all of the, the, the studying and the surveying that's been done and some books that I read, and I try to stay up to date on, on, on the culture of middle school and high schoolers and, and, and the way that they can be discipled best, you may think that social media or friends are the primary influencer in your kid's life, but you, I will let you know this, that upon much research that is done by other people and then I simply read it, the vast majority of kids say their parents are still their primary influencer. Why? Because for one, you, you control a lot of things. You pay a lot of bills. You, you, you tell them what they can and can't do. They, they still look to you. Now, when they get to a certain age, they don't want to listen to you, but you're still the primary influencer. Only you can raise your kids. Only God has given you that opportunity. Here's the second thing Paul says. Children, obey your parents because it honors them. He goes all the way back to Exodus and the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that your Lord, the Lord your God is giving you. All of the things that God could have said through Ten Commandments. And he gave other laws more than just ten of them, but the ten that we kind of make vastly important, one of them says, kids, honor your parents. Honor Your parents, honor means much more than obedience. It means to love and respect your parents, to care for them as long as they they need us, to bring honor to them by the way you live. If your actions or attitude dishonor your parents, you aren't living biblically. And parents, you need to hold your kids to that standard. You must hold your kids to that standard. Paul would actually say in Romans 12, 10, that we, just as the church, should outdo one another in showing honor. We should go out of our way to honor one another in a world that tears everybody down and looks to to make ourselves be greater or better than the person beside us, what kind of gospel witness would it be to a world that looks to do that if we constantly look to outdo one another in showing honor? What if your kids outdid each other in showing you parents honor and like what what that, that's gonna look amazing to a world that looks to tear down the idea of family. Outdo one another in showing honor, Paul would say, but he would say, kids, honor your father and mother, and the Old Testament would then have a few other things to say about those who didn't. Look at Exodus 21, 15. Whoever strikes his father or mother shall be put to death. Exodus 21, 17, a couple verses later, whoever curses his father or mother shall be put to death. And Leviticus 29 says this, For anyone who curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood is upon him. The Old Testament covenant prescribed death to kids who dishonor their parents. I think being grounded or having your phone taken might just be a step below that. That's how seriously God takes honor and obedience to parents. Is before Jesus, if you dishonored your parents, your your parents had every right to say, you know what, I'm going to kill you. Not because I want to, but because God, God said I could because that's how seriously God takes honor and obedience. And middle school and high school students, I know you live in a generation that's much different than your parents. And parents, you need to understand that the generation that you grew up in and the generation your kids now live in is vastly different. In the coming uh, months and weeks, we're going to be doing some parent workshops on understanding that. 
on you raising kids today, how, you know, my parents who raised me, that was, that was drastically different, but culture has shifted so quickly that it's even more different for you raising middle school and high school students. Now we're going to be looking into that, but the culture that they live in says that you can post anything on your social media and all, however many followers you have, see your opinion, and therefore your opinion matters as much as anybody else's. I want to be honest with you here. The middle school and high school students, your opinion doesn't matter as much as you think. It's not obsolete. I'm not telling you you don't matter or your opinion doesn't matter. But when it comes to the things in your life, your parents' opinion matters more. If your parents make a rule and you don't like it, I'm sorry, but oh well. Like if, if they say this is what you're going to do or this is what you're not going to do and you're, you get mad at that, it doesn't matter. Now, I'll say this, parents, you should respect your kids enough to, and honestly, it will help them most if you let them know why you have a rule. You don't have to. But if you let them know you're giving them instruction and discipline in the way that, that God would do us through his word, if you let them know why you have a rule, that's good. But if you give them a rule and they don't like it, do not back off. Do not do that. Parents, it's on you to teach your kids the word of God and guide them in the ways of God. And one way to do that is to make them obey and honor. I remember what I said a few minutes ago about, about when not to obey your parents or when you should obey your parents. I'm going to give you four points of application right here. Two for kids and two for parents. The first two are for kids. And it, the first one is this. If you live at home, don't care what age, if you live at home and your parents pay for the majority of your bills, like if they pay for everything except your Netflix subscription, and you pay for that and think that gives you a right to do something, it doesn't matter, you obey them. If you're 35 and living in the basement and they pay for things, all right, then you obey them. I mean that. You obey them if they pay for the majority of your stuff. We'll get to how they should parent you in just a second. Second one is this. If you're under the age of 18, then chances are you're still living at home. It's just simple. Obey. 17, 7, 13, or 3, you obey. If you're living at home, you obey your parents. Now, parents, next two are for you. The first one, I heard this in seminary years ago from a guy who'd done youth ministry for years, and it, was, it stuck with me to the point that I didn't even have to write it down. I just I remembered it. Parents use the three C's of parenting. First one is control, coach, and consult, and I want to walk through these for a second. Between the age of birth to about 11-ish or so, we'll just say the end of elementary school, you, you control like, you, you literally have to. You have to, you, you have to tell them often, like, hey, like, like you need to brush your teeth. Like, you, you need to do this. You have to. You live in the place of actually controlling most situations in their life. And that's okay. You should. But then they hit a certain age, and I'm, I'm just saying 12 to 18-ish. Again, this could, this could differ to some degree. But that's when you coach. And how does that differ? If you've ever played a sport, your coach is not out on the field playing the sport for you. The coach from the sideline says, this is what you need to do. This is how you do it. But then who goes in and does what he's told you? You do. You go and do whatever the coach has told you. Does the coach still control the team? Absolutely. But does the coach 
play every play. No, the coach allows you to play even though he knows that there might be a time that you mess up. He knows there might be a time that you, that you do the right thing and can celebrate with you. He still allows you to do it. So around middle school to high school, you need to, instead of controlling, you need to, to back off of control and to begin coaching. Hey, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you have, have a little more freedom. But no, like I still call the shots. But I'm letting you have a little more freedom. And the last one is this, that's consult. Let's say when they move out, whether that's college, whether they move out and they, they, they have their own place, that's, that's when you don't give advice unless they ask. Right, a consultant, if a consultant gets called, um, a consultant, if you're a consultant for a business, you don't walk in and say, let me tell you my advice today because if the business didn't call you, they don't care. The business calls you and says, hey, we need some help. Can you come offer us some advice? That's, that's what you do. This will assure you that your kids are developing properly, that you're not overstepping when you shouldn't. Your 20-year-old doesn't need you to control him like he's 10. He doesn't need you to control every little thing like he's 10 years old, and your teenager doesn't need a consultant who only gives advice when asked. No, a 13-year-old doesn't need to just be given advice when they ask. They, they need to be told many things. But your 35-year-old living with their, their own family, their, their own kids, doesn't need you to try to control everything going on in their life because that's not healthy either. We don't need a helicopter mom when you're 22, and we don't need a laid-back dad when you're 16, just hoping everything turns out for the best. No, depending on what stage they're in, you should parent based on that stage. And here's the fourth thing. Parents, you set a Christ-like example of displaying the grace and love of Jesus. They're going to see Jesus through you more than they're going to see Jesus through someone else because they live with you daily. Get to the, the last thing Paul says this morning. Children, obey your parents because it's, it's actually what's best for you. If you obey your parents, it's actually what's best for you. He said this command comes with a promise. For the people of Israel, it was living long in the promised land. That's not what Paul's talking about now. The, he's talking about those under the new covenant of Christ. And this promise isn't that if you obey, obey your parents, you're going to have a long, long life. That's not what Paul's saying. But when you obey and listen to your parents... You are likely, and I'm talking to every middle school, elementary school, high school student in here for a moment. If you obey your parents, more often than not, you're going to escape a great deal of sin and danger. Take it from somebody who didn't, okay? When you obey your parents and listen to them, you're going to escape. It doesn't mean that you're always, you're going to be, you're going to just go through life and everything's going to be perfect for you, but you're going to avoid some things that, that threaten sin, that threaten danger if you listen to your parents because believe it or not, your parents actually know what's best for you. They actually do. I know that you, you and if you're a parent and you think you've just screwed up somehow in your life that, that your kid will never want to listen to you, you need to assure them that you, you want what's best for them. I've got a, I've got a three-year-old named Lucas and he uh, is over in the preschool right now and he loves, loves loves, loves chocolate. I'm talking about like, that's why I, I could have kept going with he loves chocolate. So much so, um, last night Whitney was, was working third, so we went to get some ice cream in town, and, and we, when we walked up to the counter, I said, tell him what you want, and he said, I want chocolate, because that's how he says it, and I said, what do you want on it? Every time, rainbow sprinkles. 
And I'm like, you sure you want rainbow sprinkles? He's like, yeah, don't give me the other ones. Like, that, that's what he wants. He wants chocolate ice cream with rainbow sprinkles. And I, I'm just sure that both sets of grandparents give him chocolate like, constantly. Like, I think that's the case. So if y'all are watching, just stop. Like, that's, that's, all, I'm, that's all I'm asking. I do love you. But, um, but here's the issue. Here's the issue. Is he wants chocolate all the time. So if I gave him chocolate all the time, what would happen by the time he's five? He, he, like he legitimately might be diabetic. If I gave him chocolate that much, he, he could have an issue. What happens sometimes when he wants it and I don't give it to him or I take it away? He does what most of you do. You get ill when somebody takes chocolate from you. Like, like it bothers you because you're like, no, give me that. He, he wants it. He wants it, or sometimes like he'll even like cry for a second. It's just like the angry cry, like I'm, I'm letting you know I'm angry, though I'm not going to do anything else. He'll do that. But you know what? I, I think, I think that as underdeveloped as my 34-year-old brain is, I think it's a little more developed than his. I think just perhaps that I know what's actually best for him. And kids, you need to know something, that your parents, though you think they're ancient, and you might be right. Those gray hairs actually mean that they have a little wisdom and they know what's best for you. They actually do. Great spiritual blessing always comes from obeying God's word. And if you want one way to obey God's word, you obey your parents. Obey your mom and dad. So what are some things that you can take with you? Parents, your kids are stamped with a, a phrase, yours for a limited time only. So you should use your time wisely. We have a book in Next Steps called Don't Miss It. It's a small little red book, and that's what it talks about, parenting, understanding that you only have so many days, so many hours, so many weeks, so many months with your kids. You need to understand they're yours for a limited time only. Use that time wisely. Parents, another thing, it's okay to fail. You don't have to be perfect in front of your kids. As a matter of fact, them seeing you fail and then seeing you draw close to Jesus after you fail is how they're going to then draw close to Jesus. When you fail. And when they see your need for grace. Your kids then learn basic Christian living by watching you. Their life group leader is vitally important to their life. Their their, their kid life leader is vitally important to their life, but they learn Christian living by watching you as a parent. They do. As I mentioned earlier, you are their primary influencer. They learn that. Kids, some of you, when you go home today, you need to do two things. You need to, one, apologize to your parent, maybe, for something you've done, the attitude that you've had, the way you've acted, and then the other thing you need to do is thank them. Thank them. I didn't realize until I was a father how much that you like, constantly think about your kid or kids. Kids, you need to go home and thank your parents. They have you here this morning. Maybe you wanted to be here. Maybe you didn't. They have you. They're probably going to go home in a little bit. They're probably going to feed you or at least stop and get Bojangles on the way home. Like, like they're going to do something. You need to thank them. Parents, you want kids who, who won't apologize or who never listen to instruction, then, then never say you're sorry and always cover up your mistakes. But if you want kids who respect others, apologize easily, and then listen, be willing to, in front of them, own your mistakes. 
as difficult as that may be, your kids aren't going to look at you and say, ah, oh, you're less of a parent because you messed up. As a matter of fact, they're going to look at you and without even realizing it, see more of Jesus whenever you own your mistakes. Your kids need to see and know your need for Jesus. They need to see it. They need to know it. So children of all ages, what do you do? You honor and you obey. You honor and you obey. And what is the reason why you do it and how can you do that? How can you walk out of this place and in a right way honor and obey your parents? Here's how. Because there was a, a son who obeyed his father all the way to the point of dying on a cross for you and me. Had Jesus disobeyed his father, we would have no salvation, but because he fully obeyed his father, we have forgiveness and the promise of eternal life. There was a son who obeyed his father to the point of death and he's sufficient for everything you and I need. His approval, the approval of Jesus is all you and I need for everlasting joy. Kids, parents, you need to know that when you fell, there was actually one who didn't. He did not fail. He stood in our place and he gives us forgiveness and empowerment. In Christ, you're made accepted, forgiven, redeemed. You're now called a child of God and you are made alive. And that's why and that is how you can obey if you're a, child, if you're a child. And that's why, parents, you can raise your kids properly because there was a father who gave his son to die for you so that you could turn around and show your kids what it's like to live for him. So the band's actually going to come up, and this morning, we're going to worship. We're going to worship Jesus for a few moments because there was, as I mentioned, one who died for us, and it's through that that he cares so much about our relationship with our family, our relationship with our kids, our relationship with our parents to, to not just leave us out on our own, but he, he wants us to know how much he loves us. So if you would stand, we're going to worship this morning. We're going to sing two songs. One talks about how sufficient Jesus is. The other one is a song of proclamation, thanking him, thanking him for giving his life for us so that we can in turn give our lives to him. Let's worship.